Good morning. Good morning to everyone. Are you excited about being alive today? Sometimes I can't say about the Lord because everybody ain't excited. <laughs> Y'all know I'm just particular like this. Are you excited about being alive today? Yes. yes. We serve a mighty, truly great God. Yes. They woke us all up this morning. They gave us the strength yes. to put these clothes on regardless of what they look like. Yes. <laughs> but gave us the strength yes. to paddle our way right on in here. Yes. What a mighty God we serve. Yes. Heaven and earth. He sits high, but he looks low. Yes. And he looks low to whatever your situation yes, is. And the great thing about God is, is he takes your problem, he personalizes your relationship, and he takes your problem, yes. and he turns it around for your good. We don't serve a God that takes and says, well, I can't bless each individual, but I got to do a corporate blessing. And I got to give what's best for the majority. But he customizes it straight down to each and every one of us. Whatever your need is, whatever you see here today, you may have a need of finances. You may have a need of family issues. You may have a need of something helpful. Though. You may have a need of something Dealing with the house, something dealing with the car. God don't discriminate. He don't. He don't put things in a box and say, "Well, I'm only right. gonna bless you if this is the problem." But He says, "Whatever it is, and all things whatsoever He asks in prayer and believe, He said you would receive. Whatever you ask and you believe it, it's yours." So sometimes, if we're not getting what we want. You got to look at you. Something's going on with you. Never blame God. I'm going to get into some scriptures where the word of God talks about he that will diligently seek him, he will reward you. So if we're not being rewarded, maybe we're not praising him enough. Maybe we're not opening up our hearts. See, I, a lot of times I say the word of God, I say the Bible, but today I'm going to speak about a heart that's fertile, a heart that's able to receive God's promises, a heart today that we all should aspire to have. We should all aspire to have a heart that God can, at any given point in time, he can plant. You see, every ground out here is not ready to be something to be planted in it. But it's something about the heart. If you would just believe God for his promises, it's something about the heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows issues of life. A lot of things in the Bible, it comes right back to the heart. And the heart of the matter is, is what you truly embrace. What you allow to sit on your front door, gossip. What you allow to sit on your front door, hate. What you allow to sit on your front door, love. What you allow to sit. You have 30 seconds. When somebody calls you or somebody wants to give you a word, it's scientifically proven. You have 30 seconds to either keep it, cast it away, before it becomes now a feeling. Once it becomes a feeling, now you got to deal with the thought and the feeling. And a lot of us can't deal with the thought, so how are we going to deal with the feeling? And that's why we've got a lot of people running around here depressed because what they've done is they've internalized the junk. Glory be to God. I said something here a while back about in your life, you're going to have people that will be a confidant. And then you will have people that is truly called gossip. Yeah, you can take a seat. I'm going to give you a year. I appreciate that, but sometimes I just let the Lord take I try to let him have his way most of the time. All the time. I need somebody to hear this today. 
Don't allow people to drop, jump off to your house, to your mailbox, and make you think you're their confidant. This is how you can always tell if you are a confidant. A confidant is someone that people come to you and you give them solutions. It's not just a conversation because a conversation without a solution is just gossip. So they can come to you and try to tell you, oh, you're my confidant, and the whole time they're dropping junk off, and you have become a trash can. So now you have a lot of junk inside your mailbox, inside your mind, because you sat and listened to all their issues that a word should have been given to stop the junk and give a word. A word from the Bible, not your word, because your word a lot of times will get you in trouble. But there's a word in the word of God that will answer any and every problem that we have. So if you find yourself in a conversation and you all are just going back and forth about things you don't like, nobody's a confidant. That's right. <coughs> you have two people gossiping. And when you gossip, it tends to fester. You ever notice somebody that seems like they just, every time you see them, they have nothing good to say. Just evil, just something hateful, just something rotten. It's because that junk has Festered. And what you embrace in your heart will become you. So if you are a negative person, it's because you've embraced a lot of negativity. If you're positive, you've embraced a lot of positivity. You want to be the person that no matter who comes to you, what they bring to you, you give them an answer from the Word of God. An answer from the word of God to keep you out of trouble from somebody saying, well, you told me to do this, and now my marriage is a mess. Now my marriage is in shambles. We play love doctors sometimes. And we really need to get back connected to the word of God. But my title today, if I can get this across, and I have a, a lot of information up here and have what the Lord say fit, this is the way we're going to roll, but praising God. You see, I took the praise team into those last two songs. They didn't know they were going to sing those at all. Because the Lord was dealing with me over here with praising God. I, I have to get the culture of this ministry to the point where when before you walk in, before you get on this lot, you're praising God all the way up here. When you come in, you sit down, you're praising God. You're praising God because he's just God. You're not praising him because of anything that he does for you, anything that he did for you. You see, there's something called cause and effect. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we live in cause. I do this cause. This is why. Because God did this for me. This is why I raised my hands. Never should that be the case. It should never be. That should be your, your praise should be an effect. You should be living such a holy life that you don't need the praise team to sing a certain song. You don't need the music to go a certain way. But you give God praise because of the life you live. Not the life we try to act like we live, but it's something about, and I'm going to speak, get on this, is about worship. Praise and worship. Do you really know what praise and worship is today? And, and hopefully by the time I finish, you will truly have a, a better understanding of what praise. And I need you to stay with me today because it's something about if someone invites you. And for those that want to turn your back, let's go to Psalms 100. So I get carried away. Psalms 100. And we're going to stick right there in the fourth verse where it says, enter into his gates. With thanksgiving into his courts with what? Praise. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And a lot of times we enter into the gate with junk. We enter into the gate with issues. We enter into the gate with problems. We enter into the gate with so much on our mind, so much in our heart, until we never truly get into the court. There's an outer court and an inner court. Enter into the, his gates with thanksgiving. How many of you here 
If someone invited you to their house for dinner, would you not at least say thank you? Well, I'm going to take that here with the word of God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Could you imagine, and my wife, she's good for this, and every so often I forget. Last night I did it. She's going to have to give me credit for it. She brought me a, a, a dish, and I told her, thank you. But when she came back to get everything, I said, oh, my Lord, the flavor was just wonderful. It's not enough people to just say thank you to God. But he's saying the first thing I want you to do to get the door open is to enter my gate with a thanksgiving. Father, I thank you for just being God. I thank you, Lord. I'm not coming asking for anything. I'm not coming to you begging. But Father, I'm walking through the gate. I want to get the door open. And the way to get the door open is to start with thank you. Because there's something about when you say thank you, the heart just opens up and welcomes folk in. It sets the atmosphere. It sets the environment. But I want to teach you today, going the second mile is praising that individual, praising God. That's the second mile that we, we tend to get comfortable in relationships, in church. We tend to get comfortable in places where familiarity, where we know folk. Well, it's her job to do this, or it's his job. Here we go. I'm going to take some of y'all really straight home. It's his job to pay the rent or the mortgage. He's the man. It's her job to cook. So you tend to take certain things, whatever you do in the house, it might be the man that uh, cooks and the lady, you know, it doesn't matter who do it. I'm trying to make a point here before anybody goes the wrong way. It's not enough to sit and look at people and think, that's just your job. But you thank them, but then you flip that thing and you go to second mile. And the second mile is, is I want to praise you. Now I want to give you some praise because I got the door open. And a lot of times we can't get in the door because we don't know how to say thank you. Amen. He said, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So if he just told you it's so simple, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Why would he let you in if you don't want to thank him? Why would he let you in? You just think, oh, well, you God, you're supposed to do this for me. Oh, baby, I beg to differ. And that's the same way at home. Oh, you go to work, you're supposed to pay the rent. Oh, you uh, come in here and Lady Monique, she put some good great dishes together. But I should never get to the place where I expect her to do it without. See, it's okay to have an expectation because when you have an expectation, it means you have examined the evidence. And the evidence I typically examine is, is when I smell food, when I come through the door, when I smell that aroma, I know she don't cook. I don't have to ask her, are you going to cook? The evidence is right in front of me. When I see her bring the groceries in, when she starts pulling stuff out the refrigerator, the evidence is there. She's getting ready to cook. Don't ever get to the place where you just assume you just expect somebody to do something, and you just like, well, that's just what they do. No, 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 no. I'm trying to show you today, and it's here on earth as well as in heaven. Begin to thank the individuals in your life. I thank you for giving me a ride to church today. I thank you for opening up my door. I thank you for opening up the door, Deacon Dexter. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, praise team, for singing a song today. I thank you, drummer, for playing the drums over there today. I thank you. I thank you. Get to the place where you learn to thank folk and watch the heart. Watch that favor just sit right in front of you. It's something about when you tell people thank you. One thing I constantly hear about all of our boys, all six of our boys, the one thing I constantly hear is, and we just talked about this the other day, most people say, man, you all have some memorable young men. They say, yes, sir, no, sir, shake your hand. It's something about manners and respect and thinking, and that's why I'm spending a second here on the, the part of thank you. We've gotten away from just being mannerable and respectful and, and just telling folk. That's like Mother Walla brought me some prayers last Sunday. It stayed on my mind this week, and I said, I can't, when I see her, I got to tell her. And they were like this. I said, thank you. But guess what I did? And I did, I did it on purpose. I walked over and said, my Lord, Mother Walla. 
Those prayers, I'm telling you what, they are just huge. You know what? It was, I'm sure it was enough for her for me just to say thank you. I tell Elder Joy sometimes when she makes me those wonderful, beautiful cakes. I'll come back to her. I say thank you, but then I'll come back to her and I'll say, boy, you really stuck your toes in that. <laughs> it's something about going the extra mile. Don't be so complacent that you think, well, I said thank you. That's enough. And that's how it is with God. He don't want us just, oh, thank you, Father, for this today. But he wants you to go into praise. He wants you to praise him in, for his true majesty. He wants you to just praise him because he said, you got the door open with thank you. But now in order to walk through it, and I'm going to try to give, take you there, give you something, just kind of show you here, give you an illustration. In the ancient times, they had the outer court and the inner court. And the outer court was actually a wall with a gate. And merchants and, and travelers, they could enter the outer gate. Glory be to God. Somebody got to get this today. Just about anybody could enter the outer gate. But just anyone couldn't enter the inner gate because that's where the king was and his palace was. It's you came through the outer gate because you said thank you. But in order to get into the inner gate, you had to be summoned. And back in the Old Testament, if you weren't summoned and you came before the king, you died unless he held his golden scepter up to give you a pass. You didn't just come into the inner court any kind of way. You didn't come into the inner court just like, oh, I'm just here or I just got something to say. But you came through the inner court based on the king summoning you or you having enough gall, enough confidence, enough something, stupidity, I don't know what it would be, because folk got killed for coming through the inner gate and you weren't summoned. You weren't asked to come. You just decided you felt like you got an art or something, petition, and, and now you at the mercy of the court. So we have that outer and inner. Well, let's use that with God. Thank you. It's the outer gate open. Your praise gets you summoned into the inner court where now you sit at the feet of Jesus. Now you're sitting there with God himself. And now you have a relationship. You've asked him to come into your heart you said, Father, come into my life. I surrender my life to you. Yes. I want you to take over. Yes. I want your will to be my will. Yes. I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. Yes. I don't want to do things I might want to do them. But I want to do them because it's your will, Father. Because I find every time that I step in your will, God, I don't get in trouble. Man. I don't say the wrong dumb thing to my wife. Yeah, we say dumb stuff to each other at times, all of us. Yeah. And it's out of emotions. I don't want to speak out of emotions. I don't want to walk in my emotions. But I want to walk because the word of God tells me, yeah. Mike, do it like this. Because his word said, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. So praising God today. Yes. I'm going to share a couple of stories with you. Some of you know about the story of Cain and Abel. It was two brothers that God said, I want you to give me what's mine. Give me that tent. Well, the Bible says that Abel gave God the best of his flock. But his brother Cain gave God a small portion of his crops. And it says that God was very displeased with Cain. I'm talking about your heart today, people. It's time out for walking by what you think. And it's time to start now asking God what would he do. And if you already know what the Word of God says, the Bible is just a book. It's God in a book. So if you want to know what God wants you to do, because you're not always going to get a divine revelation. Here we go again. When you get to the red light, 
If it's red, you hit the brake. You don't say, God, should I stop? <laughs> you stop. When it turns green, you don't sit there and go, well, I'm praying on this thing. God, what should I do? Because <laughs> somebody's behind you blowing the horn and pasta, sticking their little finger up at you. <laughs> we are in a society where people are just like, it's that internet faith, that internet, inter internet <coughs> lifestyle. And I'm going to show you how that internet lifestyle is. You set it to... At your on the telephone, your laptop, you hit the button, you go wherever you want to in the world. Last night I really took the opportunity and I was just hitting that button. I think the computer was about tired of me. I was hitting, I was looking at Solomon's court. I was looking at other different kings and how their courts were set up and how the inner and the outer court and looking at all the gold that they had in there and all the different things that was just, it got my attention. And I mean I had to stop at some point because I was carried away. But just that quick, boom, pop up, boom, pop up. That's how we are in the church. We want to say, God, I got this problem. Do it right now. And if he doesn't do it, when you expect him to, you're all in your feelings. Where's God? Maybe there's something I'm doing wrong. Maybe I'm not living right. And sometimes <laughs> that is the case. But it's not always the case. Because one thing about God is God loves his children. The average father or mother love their children enough we'll do about anything. Even when we know we're getting ready to mess up because this is going to turn out bad, but because they keep pulling on our coattail, daddy, daddy, can you, daddy, daddy, mama, can you, we sometimes will go above and beyond and do some of the dumbest stuff that we look back on and say, man, I knew that wasn't going to work out right. Anybody ever been there? Maybe it's just me. But I sure enough have looked back and thought, like, why did I do that? But what God is looking for is a heart that his word can be planted in. He's looking for a heart that is not cold, is not stony, but he's looking at a heart that, listen, listen, listen. You walked in church maybe thinking this way, but God is looking for somebody with a heart and a mind that he can just saturate and he can take over and he can give you his word and get your word out of your mouth and your brain. He wants to give you his word so that your church can be better. His word so that your family can be better. His word so that your life can be better. His word so that your church, your relationships, your job, your relationship with your child, your relationship with people in the church that maybe they just roll their eyes at you and, and they really mean it. See, sometimes you got to stop excusing people. Some people really just don't like you. Maybe your hair don't look like that. Maybe they size you up saying, why God didn't give me that? And you got to be at the place that you have to do WWJD. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do when my friend just cussed me out? What would Jesus do when I just lost all my money? What would Jesus do when my children are just plump crazy? What would Jesus do when I just lost my job? What would Jesus do well, I have a story for you today, as I said, and we talked about King David last week, and we're still with King David, and it says that after he had sinned and committed adultery and he committed murder, it says that he fasted for about seven days when, when God said that he sent the prophet Nathan to him and said, your child will die because of this sin. He fasted and he prayed and he, he, he laid on his face before God, but when he got the news that the baby was gone, it says he got up, he cleaned himself, and he praised God. Oh, I'm going to share something with you today about a sacrifice of praise. We have two different types of praise, and we have three ways to praise him. Three ways we praise him is through music, through songs, through his word. The types of praise is an offering of praise. And a sacrifice of praise. 
And often the praise happens like this. Folk do something for you, you pray for them. The dog go fetch the ball, you pray for them. People do stuff, you pray for them. Thank you. The wife bring you some food, the husband do something, you pray for them. And here we go. Because they did that, that's why you give them praise. And I'm trying to teach you today that we got to get away from praising God. It's almost like we are rewarding God. We're praised because he did something for us. And that's backwards. We are rewarding God. We're saying, well, God, I'm only going to praise you if you help me pay my bills. I'm only going to praise you if you cure me of this cancer. You see, I had a man call me this morning that is not even of this faith. He was born and raised of another faith. Totally opposite of this faith. And the one thing, he called me over and over, and he lived in a whole nother state. And he called me over and over. Stay over here, everybody. He called me over and over. And his thing was, I got some folk that's got cancer. And I need you to pray for them. I didn't take that lightly. I said, send me their names because I'm a firm believer that these are hands of healing and hands of deliverance. I truly believe I get a prayer through when I talk to God. And I believe things happen. I've seen them over and over. I've tried them. And I know he's a God of gods. And I know he's a king of kings. I know he's a deliverer. I know he's a healer. And I said, please send me their name because I, I know what God will do. He'll heal you of cancer. He'll heal you of diabetes. He'll heal you of mental issues. He'll heal you of financial issues. He'll heal you. But he just needs somebody with a permanent and effectual prayer that availeth much. It's fervent and effectual prayer. We don't pray like we should. We don't praise him like we should. We don't worship him like we should. So therefore, a lot of times our prayers are just sitting here right, right here beside us. And the prayer is almost like right beside you. Say, come on, bro. Come on, get up, do this. Come on, I want to get up out of here. I'm tired of sitting here beside you. <laughs> the prayer is just following you and it's just, just say, come on, do this so I can get out of here because that individual needs you. You see, as folk right around you, they need somebody that can get a prayer through because they, in their heart, they feel like, I can't get a prayer through, so I'm reaching out to you. And folk that go to church, there should be something about us. More than a white suit. There should be something about us that's on the inside that is such a holy life that you believe. See, a lot of folks don't believe themselves. But you believe that you can get a prayer through. You believe that your prayer is fervent and effectual. You believe it because you know what your heart is right. God is looking for something. And that's why he said when he comes back, He's coming back for this white suit. He's not coming back for how pretty some of us can look. He's not coming back for that. I just had a young man out here I met him, and, and I was getting out the vehicle and he was going back over here to the apartments and he smiled and he looked at me and he was walking around the side of the building and he said, man, how did you keep all of that white clean? I took a moment to see the need he needed a conversation. And I went over and began to talk to this young man. And I invited him to service, and he was like, man, yeah, I'm 20 years old. He said, man, I'm going to stop by and see you sometime. And yeah, 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 you know, so that. And I just met him. He needed a word, and trust me, this ministry here is for folk that need a word. We can't be caught up like some religious organizations. I call them sanctified clubs. And we caught up about the money. We caught up about all the other stuff. We can't be too busy. Here we go. Get somebody get this. We can't be too busy serving God on one side, but we forget about people. That's right now. Amen. Well, I got to clean the church. 
Well, I gotta make sure this. Well, I, we gotta have practice. Gotta make sure that the music right. Well, I gotta make sure that I'm here. I'm this. I'm this. I'm that. And the whole time, you forgot about yeah. what's most important. Salvation. Yeah. Somebody needs to be saved. Somebody needs to hear that God is. I am that I am. God is everything. God can solve whatever problem you. God should be your confidant before anybody else. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. You need to fall on your knees instead of calling sister or brother such and such and whining and crying to them about your situation. But you need to get on the phone to God. You need to cry out to God if King David can do it after committing sin and adultery. Murder and adultery. We get to the place where here we go, like we said last week, we, you're walking in conviction or you're walking in condemnation. Because condemnation is a, is a very strong disapproval. And conviction is something we all need to walk in. Something we all need in our life. You need that conviction when certain things happen and maybe you go left and you should have went right and that little something on the inside says, ah, nah, that ain't, nah, that ain't good. Amen. I know my friend, he didn't come for this, but I got a friend here in the audience that we play golf a lot together and we go to Vegas and places like that. And one thing that, and I've probably never told him this, but one thing that you can count on him for in any of our groups, no matter how many people it is, he's going to bring everybody together. When he sees some Amen. talk or something kind of going a little bit like he'll say, come on, guys. Come on, come on guys. Amen. You need somebody in your group, Amen. in your life, that's willing to say, hey, look here. Whether you like it or not, I feel that conviction. And look, we, may, we need to stop here. You need somebody in your life that's willing to go, here we go, the extra mile, the second mile. It's not enough just to say thank you, but the second mile is this. In order for me now to get into the inner court, he'll just, I got to praise you. I got to tell you something good about yourself. Even though God already knows exactly who he is. He already knows when it says, oh, magnify the Lord. You see, when you magnify the Lord, you get a true perception of who the Lord is. You get a true view of who God is because when you magnify something, it expands everything. And when you magnify God, he's already the greatest. He's already greater than anything you could ever think of. But he just wants to hear it from you. He wants you to praise him for God. I thank you for just being God. Maybe today I'm not even going to talk about how many vehicles I have. I'm not going to talk about what my bank account is like. But today, God, I'm just going to thank you, first of all, for just being God. Because you're God. Because you made the sun and the moon. Because you made the earth. Because you made me. Because you created man. Because you made animals. Because you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this. God, that's why I'm going to thank you today. I thank you for creating me, but now I'm going to take you further. I'm going to praise you. Not about stuff here, but I'm going to praise you because of who you are in your majesty. I'm going to praise you because you're more than enough. I'm going to praise you because no matter what I get in, God, you are always faithful and just. Here we go. Here's a good one for some of us. For really all of us. I'm going to praise you because you're faithful. Give it, God. Because if you hadn't forgave me, I wouldn't have a chance at being saved. Because you went to the cross, Father, and you gave your life for me. In spite of all of my dirt, in spite of all of my filthiness. Because while you were on the cross, it says it was a thief beside you. Listen, a thief who's been sentenced to death and who's dying. And he looks over and says, surely you are the master. Surely you are the one. Jesus says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Stop selling people off because of the junk you see. Judge not and you shall not be judged. But we're good at judging folk. We're good at judging folk. We're good at judging folk. We're good at judging folk, and we will really try to justify it and make, act like it's okay. We're good at judging folk. 
And we, here we go. We will use the Bible to try to justify judging people. Don't be so sanctified and so caught up that you forget about you have a life to live. It's about you when it comes to standing before God. Your mama can't go with you. Children, if you're of a certain age, you know right and wrong, you know how to accept Christ in your life, you better get it right. But the problem here is this, some of our children looking at the prayer saying, why should I do it if you don't do it? <clears throat> Parents, the Bible says he put us here to be a steward over our children. It is your job to watch over your children. And it's not just about going to work and making money, but it's about giving them some values, giving them some ethics, giving them a word, giving them some stuff that when they get out of your sight, But a lot of times we forget about this and we leave it on the shelf. But I want to read something. I, I really want to read this entire Psalm 100 for you because I want this to get into you. If you got your Bible, really, go here with me. It says, the first verse, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Sing. <laughs> Know that the Lord, he is who? God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. So you didn't make yourself. Amen. God made you. Yes. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. See, this is what you do in the middle of your sermon when certain things happen. Amen. That family that just walked in been on my mind. For the, and it was strong within the last week. What a mighty God we serve. You see, I praise you, God, for being an everlasting God. I praise you, Father. See, I'm going to take a moment. This ain't about y'all. But I praise you, God. You sit high. And I praise you right now, Father. For just being magnificent, for being glorious. I praise you right now, Father. <coughs> for keeping my family together. For keeping that family together. For keeping families in this ministry together. I praise you, God, for safe passage, Father, for your angels that encamp round about each and every one. In spite of all the danger that surrounds us, I praise you, God, because you are just magnificent. Yes, sir. Yes. I praise you, God, for bringing Elder Joyce out of the hospital. Yes. You see, I praise you, God, yes. for completely healing her yes. from head to toe. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. I praise you, God, for bringing my friend off the mountain. I praise you, God. I praise you, God, for the things that we tend to take for granted. I praise you for having my eyesight. I praise you, Father, for having both of my feet today. I praise you for having this building to worship you in. I praise you, Father. Oh, glory be to God. I praise you, God. Oh, I praise you for your spirit. Your son, when he went to the cross, he, he said, I'm not going to leave you all comfortless, but I'm going to leave you all with somebody that's going to be on the inside of you. I praise you because you said you never leave us alone. I praise you because that somebody that's on the inside is, is the Holy Spirit. I praise you, God, for not leaving me here by myself. I praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For my cup boys that run over. Amen. I praise you for food in the refrigerator. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you for shoes on my feet. I praise you, Lord. I praise you for the secondary blessings, Father. I thank you for the initial blessing of salvation. I thank you, Father. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. So I'm going to try to finish this again. Because you said in the third verse, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. 
It said, be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is whatever lasting. And his truth endures to all generations. All generations. Praise is the primary way that God works his way into our hearts and our minds. God wants us to have that time, energy, and attention into him. Yes. And to his word, because yeah, the Bible is just a book. It's God in a book. Yes. So he said, I want your attention on me. Stop giving more attention. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain yes. the whole world and lose his soul? You have all the money. You have all the riches. You have all the women. You have all the men. You have all the children. You have all the stuff. Seek ye, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first. Not second, but he said first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Not the stuff and then God will be added, but he said, seek me first. Put me first before your children. Put me first before your husband or wife. Put me first before all your junk. Put me first. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he said, watch what I'll do because you put me first. Because you wake up in the morning with me on your mind. Watch what I'll do. I'll make the rest of your day go fine. Oh, I didn't, I didn't say stuff won't happen. But he said, I am more than a conqueror. Through him that loved me. Through Christ Jesus, I'm more than a conqueror. So whatever stands in front of you, you got to have that mindset that I don't care what it is. I'm going to step on it. I'm going to step over it. I'm going to step around it. I'm going to step to the side of it. But I'm more than a conqueror. He says the enemy trembles at the name of Jesus. But if you're not using the name of Jesus, the enemy sitting there looking and laughing at you. Because the Bible says submit first to God. And then he said resist the devil. You can resist him because you submit to God. You can't resist him if you don't submit to God. We gotta start using the word of God in every facet of our life. Yes. Praise is truly our primary way. Yes. Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul even said it. He said, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. He said, It's our job to come as a sacrificial yes. praise. Yes. It's our job to come in yes. sacrifice. Mm -hmm. The difference here, though, sacrifice of praise and <coughs> offer of praise is two different type of praises. Yes. And offer of praise is because you're thanking the Lord. You're thanking God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. A sacrifice of praise comes like this. Typically, it involves heartbreak, sorrow, death, defeat, divorce, issues of life that want to knock you down, and you'll get to a place sometime. That you don't even question, God, are you there? And this is when that offering, that sacrifice, sacrifice of praise has to come in. It's because it's truly a sacrifice. Because you're in the midst of your storm. You're in the midst of your issues and your problems. And it's like you're on your knees and you're about ready to feel like, you, God, where are you? You're like, I don't see you. There's a circumstance, Father, and I don't see you, Father. Cool, glory be to God. But at the same time, you say, God, I don't see you, but I feel you. God, I don't hear you, but I know you're there. Glory be to God. That's an offering of sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice. You're going through, and you don't know how you're going to come out of it. You're not your little joy veil self where you just run around, oh, I thank you, Jesus, for everything. I just, God, it feels so good and my bank looks so great. No, 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 baby, this is the time when you're on your way to church and you get a flat tire. This is the time that you're on your way to work and this is your last time they said, if you late anymore, you're done. And you, your car just stops on you. But this is the time when you, you're looking and they're saying, we're getting ready to close the loan on your house. We're getting ready to call it in because we feel like you just can't pay it. But this is the time when you love that person that's with you. And they look at you and say, I just don't want to be with you no more. Job, after all that he'd been through, all the suffering he went through, it says that 
he worshipped God. He didn't go in a corner and cry. King David, after all he did, it says he got up and worshipped God. He praised God. And what some of us got to understand is that when we worship, worship should be every second of your life. Worshiping God has nothing. Yes, we worship him in music. We worship him in word. We worship him in song. But true worship is about that life you live. You might not open your mouth all day and you're worshiping God. See, some of you got it mixed up that worshiping is just with the music. But worship is every second of your life. Somebody might need to hear a word from you in, in your worst moment when, when you're at your... Sacrifice of praise. Ain't nothing going right for you. But somebody comes by, and what I tell you usually about the trees that when it's fruit on a tree, the fruit is never for the tree. The tree never eats the fruit. The tree never eats the apple. The fruit on the tree is for passerbyers. Your life, what you go through, is to give a testimony to somebody else that God is good, that God is a healer, that God is a deliverer, that God is. That's why we go through. Because he knew you could handle it. The Bible says he's faithful and just and he wouldn't put more on you than you can handle. Yeah. This is the God we serve. He's faithful and just. Yes, he, he knows what you can handle. Yes. And you got to have that mindset that it's truly not about me handling it, but it's about me putting my hands in God's hands and he knows that as long as I lean on him, he said his grace is sufficient for this. Yes, it's more than enough. You couldn't, there's nothing you can think of, no type of equation that God can't fix. Divorce, God, success. No money, God, success. Your car breaking down, God, success. See, people think you're crazy when you do stuff like this. Your car just broke down on the side of the road. You out there going, Father, I thank you. They're like, oh my God, he's like, Oh, I've done it. But through all the teaching, through all the ministry, God has put me somewhere that it's his praise. And it's not about the situation. It's not about, about the circumstance. Because your eyes, what you truly see is what's lying to you. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So because I believe it, 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 it means I won't see it. But the manifestation will, will come forth because I believe it. Because I believe that God is diligent. Because I believe that he's a rewarder. Because I believe that he's a healer. Because I believe that he's a doctor. Because I believe that he's a lawyer. There's nothing that I'll ever go through without him. And not have complete success. You have to have that mindset. Your heart needs to be open and ready to receive yes. all that God has for you. Yes. Because God has something for every one of us sitting here. God, he, he has no respect for person. It's not about people do this mess where we look at folk because of their color and decide, well, people do this mess with religion. Man-made religion. Jesus said, I didn't come for religion. I came to set up a kingdom. I came to set a kingdom up. I came so that some folk could be saved. I came that the kingdom of God could take over. He didn't come for religion, but we got caught up in our ways and we decided this is a way that we can maybe have a sanctified social club. It's just us. If you don't fit in this box, that's why I tell folk, like I told the young man out here, come as you are. You want to put shorts on, come to church. You want to put your sandals on, come to church. Come as you are. It's time out, people. Amen. Come on, Amen. For trying to put the finger on people because they don't dress a certain way. They're not saved or they don't love God like you do. I don't care how they come through that door. Tennis shoes, shorts. They call them white beards. Tank top. I don't care how they walk through that door. Because if you come through that door, and I'm going to tell you this is what happens sometimes, with just the way you normally are, I don't have to fight through all that junk that's on the outside of you. Sometimes we get this stuff on, and we don't want to stand up and clap. 
We don't want to perspire with I'm going mess my lips up. If I say hallelujah, my, my lipstick might get twisted. But this is how good God is. He gave us a mirror right back there that you can turn around and get back to God. <laughs> and come on back and praise him a little bit more. That's the God that we serve. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Start giving God thanks. Start giving people in your life. Watch this. Watch. In order to have faith, you have to be in front of somebody. Start giving thanks to folk and watch because the world has gotten so weak and so busy. People just don't. It's just start thanking folk and then tell us them something about what was good about what you thanked them for. I'm challenging all of them. Start thanking people this week and I want to hear the testimonies. You have them before Wednesday, bring them back to me, but I want you to purpose. See, we got to be purposeful. See, I was purposeful last night when she brought me my food and afterwards, and I wasn't lying. I would tell the truth. You got to be careful. Don't be lying. I mean, if, if it ain't good, you just kind of be like, well, thank you. <laughs> See, she'll tell me sometimes, she'll say, baby, you don't have to eat it. This here was a dish I tried. You don't have to eat it very good. <laughs> you think I'm going to tell you that ain't good? You lost your mind. <laughs> I might not get nothing tomorrow. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> Woo. But I challenge you this week, and that's where I'm going to bring this message in. I have quite a bit more, but I try to go by the leading of the Spirit. I really want to leave you today with thanking folk and then go into a description. You ain't got to burn nobody out. People know when you're laying it on them. They're like, come on, bro. You ain't got to tell me all that. Yeah, you're doing what all that. Running game. <laughs> but try expressing why you thank them. Children, husbands, wives, try expressing why you thank them. This is Pastor Mike. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope and pray that the Word of God truly enriches your life. In Jesus' name, amen.